Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. <laughs> Too many bowls of that green. No lucky charms. The maids come dun, around too dun, much. Dun, the dun, parents ain't dun, around dun, enough. Dun, dun. <laughs> too bad. many joy rides and daddy's jaguar. Too mm. many white lies and white mm. lines. Lies. White lies. The the rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. friends. If no one wants to jump in, I can just keep singing the song. I was <laughs> now keep going. I was just gonna say I really like uh, listening to that song at work. I really like playing that song at I work. I love that song. Oh, it's great, a great track. Song. There was some yeah. There was some controversy of what song we were going to start the podcast with. I, I thought you were going to say there's controversy the around that song. You know what's up, <laughs> or don't you? I don't know more of the words than that. Um, When I was 16, I sent the lyrics to that song to my best friend while she was a counselor at church camp for her to learn in an envelope filled with <laughs> glitter. <laughs> that same Why? summer, they asked her to quit <laughs> church camp. <laughs> because of that? No, because... You know, they were scared it was anthrax. They were like, Well, her alarm you, you was keep also getting that weird song. envelopes full of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> at this, church camp. Literally, this movie is up there with Spring Breakers on its like level of being influential on my young self. Um, that same, same friend summer started smoking because of that movie. <laughs> Sorry, same summer. Same some well yeah they were a few months apart but I was just like yeah we I loved this movie oh we're, should I say what movie we're talking about or I guess they know hey we're a podcast <laughs> it anyway we're a podcast called is it whack uh, on this podcast we talk about movies and debate their W A C K Ness. We're in the middle of a mini series called Is It Whack.net, where we're talking about movies that are all about the internet. That's because we're still in the midst of the COVID 19 pandemic. We're all connecting via the internet and we're trying to figure out what's the best way to connect or what can we learn about the internet. And we're turning to the movies to do it. That's the summary of the podcast. Now, Hannah, please, what movie are we watching? Wait, I mean, you've been nailing about. that. It needs to be said. Each oh. episode, you get better at that intro. Oh, thank you, thank you. Aww. I've been please I've been everyone trying. say nice things. Yeah, someone else I say that. I get about the better. intro each episode, and then Adam does it. <laughs> yeah, if I try to do the intro, hey, I'm I would glad not you know like what it. to say. Yeah, me neither. Um, we're talking about the bling ring. That's my biggest which... quality, knowing what to <laughs> say for the intro. Um, I the biggest thing I bring to this podcast. What are your three biggest qualities? I, I, I was literally in the middle of introducing the movie. I would say you were at the beginning of introducing the movie. I wouldn't say the middle. I, I, okay, well, I started. We didn't allow you to get to the middle. Okay. Well, we're talking about the bling ring, which I picked thinking, like, I realized that the internet doesn't have as high of a presence in the film, but I think that the internet is also 
plays like a huge role with like between the lines of the film even if it's not explicitly shown a lot so i still stand by my choice i think it's good yeah it has a thematic role for sure i think it's also almost like the whole story is kind of like all the people that like adults that are like oh my god young people on the internet it's like honestly like a worst nightmare kind of like you know what i mean it just feels also like so much of it of the film kind of like manifest or it's like all these different things about the internet culture at that time manifest into this movie i don't know in my personal opinion though who who are you oh i'm (laughs) i am seb um (laughs) hi seb no (laughs) people are actually gonna get confused yeah now that we've done the the voice thing (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Okay, well, I'm Hannah then. Fine. But you guys believed my Seb impression. (laughs) You sounded so much like Seb. (laughs) I am Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Wait, is that Hannah? I am Hannah. (laughs) I am Hannah. I'm Seb. No, I am (laughs) Hannah. (laughs) I am Spartacus. So Seb wasn't here. Well, you... Seb, do you want to explain what happened last episode? You already no. explained what happened last episode last episode. Right. Well, I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe I should explain then. Okay. Last episode, <laughs> I couldn't record my voice properly. Yeah, quote unquote, couldn't record voice properly. Well, I actually could record it. I just couldn't save it for some reason. And uh, so I had my voice and everything I said, but I couldn't send it to Adam to edit. So I asked if I wrote down everything that I said and I asked a friend of mine, Tamara, to voice me in the episode and send that to Adam. She did a great job. And yeah. Adam doesn't think Adam think it's <laughs> you think it's like a deep state thing? Well, uh, it's just uh, I think okay, so Seb admitted to farting on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> like to farting real loud and wet and sweaty on the episode. So I did not admit to any of those adjectives. <laughs> And I knew this would be the thing. Adam said he had a conspiracy theory. But, I knew that it would hinge on this. But none of us, so. he still admitted to farting with Tamara voicing him. And none of us heard his <laughs> fart when we were recording, I don't think. I don't remember. Yeah, well, I, I, no, I muted it. I muted it. And I was like, oh, problem solved. But then I realized it was still on the recording. Mm. And then when I was transcribing the recording, I was like, I can't leave this out. Well, we still this is an important part of what I of what I said on the podcast. So we still know he farted. So what would be the point of him trying to I cover think, that up? I think it was a really embarrassing fart. I think that it was a an especially bad fart. It was especially wet and sweaty. Yeah, yeah. I think Seb left out those adjectives on purpose to save the embarrassment. But he didn't want it to. You know, he still wanted to admit to the actual action. Um, but he didn't want anyone to actually hear it. So Seb created you this sound elaborate like, like, ruse. Stephen A. Smith or something right now. <laughs> okay. Well, to those of you in the audience listening, what? we would How like to like hear what you think. You I, sound like these guys, these commentators, like politics or sports, and they have no qualifications. <laughs> they, they have one detail of some conspiracy theory, and they get so wrapped up in it, and they have nothing. I'm, you have nothing. You have no. Sorry, what qualifications do you need to talk about a fart? Like. <laughs> This is yeah. Fartgate, baby. 
If you're listening and you have a strong opinion on Fartgate, please um, at us at Insomniac, whatever our handle is, um, with hashtag yes Fartgate or hashtag no Fartgate, depending on your personal opinion. And tell us why. Give us your proof. Yeah, yeah we want a full essay. If you know if how to do a computer that, so thing, shocked. make a gif of Seb farting. <laughs> Stick that somewhere. Seb, this is you the have, internet, baby. Uh, Seb, do you have a, any answer Audience for this, uh, this truth? This truth that came I out deny, of you? I deny all of it, and you have no proof, and you have no qualifications except for <laughs> farting all the time yourself. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. In fact, you're an expert. I take it back. I have never. Take it back. You're an expert. Okay. I have never guys, farted we're in my not life. here to talk about Seb's flatulence, <laughs> as bad as it may be. We're here to talk about a movie. Okay, but can I just also say one more thing? <laughs> oh my god. How come how come none of you actually Nara did before we started recording recording, so I'm only talking about Hannah and Seb right now. How come neither You're of you accusing more people of farting? How come neither of you acknowledged where Nara I am did right before now? we started recording? Oh, the I'm in a blanket. Oh. I'm in a blanket. Are you at home? Yeah, I'm in a blanket. Why? It's good sound. <laughs> Adam okay. getting ready all morning. I, Everyone's going to ask about my new blanket. I'm not an attentive individual. <laughs> what? I'm not... So excited. Everyone's going to see my blanket. Yeah, this Everyone's is... going to ask me about it. <laughs> this is a podcast, Adam. No one else can, like... And it's getting like... so hot in this blanket and in the room. I'm in so warm right now. I'm getting so loopy. But no one told you to get in the blanket. No one even realized guys, you were in the blanket. Oh my god, I'm getting so loopy by the end of this episode. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh! Okay. Ew, please, okay, let's what's start. weirder is Seb is just eating an egg while we record. Is this just pile on Seb day? What did I do? Your, no. your egg this looks good. In a blanket. That's a you're, good looking You're the egg. one who chose to eat an egg. I'm not. I didn't draw attention to it. I didn't go, oh, I hope everyone notices my egg. Hey, no <laughs> one's commented on my egg yet. It's just weird. <laughs> oh, I gotta get some air. Can someone gonna... start... Can we Seb Summarize Corner this? <laughs> yeah, we... Can we talk <gasps> about the movie? Oh, no, my blanket fell. <laughs> yeah, Hannah, when did you first see the movie? What was your, your attraction to this film? <laughs> I'm feeling very disrespected right now. <laughs> I'm really feeling attacked. Sorry, Hannah. I please go Sorry, on. I'm gonna just connection. reset my blanket while you while you. How did this to... movie get you fired from church camp? It didn't get me fired. <laughs> it got my friend asked to quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Um, I saw this movie in theaters in 2013 when it came out. Um, and. He, yeah, after we saw it, my we were so obsessed with the part where Emma Ro- or Emma Watson is like, I want to rob. And we used to quote that all the time. And then so my friend started smoking just so she could hold a cigarette and go, I want to rob. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that we were more intelligent at that time because we were 16. And we were <laughs> very susceptible to what we see on the screen. Um, and yeah, I was like obsessed with this movie. All the songs on the soundtrack were on every playlist ever, like for like a very long time. And I still love all of them. I think 
that's like one of the best parts of the movie is like the soundtrack um and yeah I decided to choose it because I love this movie and I wanted to talk about a Sofia Coppola movie but this is definitely her most traditionally whack film I would say when did you guys first see it I think uh Adam, Nara, please yeah no 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 you go you go Okay, I think, I'm going to check right now, but I think this was the first film that I watched in quarantine proper. Wow. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, because I think... You didn't watch any movies before yesterday? No, I because I watched it... <laughs> yeah. Well, the this... other isn't whack movies. I watched it March 21st. Oh, I'm sorry I made you rewatch a movie. Or unless you didn't rewatch it. <laughs> no, I rewatch. I rewatched this. No, but um, because the first time I watched it was March twenty first of quarantine, so not that long ago, and I had. Well, it was my dad's birthday. Yeah, so I watched it like a week after quarantine started, and it was the first film that I watched in quarantine, because before that I was, just watching The OC a lot. Um, nice. And this kind of is like a good transition from between the OC and films um yeah but I watched it with my friend over the internets um and it was a fun time it was a fun movie to watch with a friend over the internets and then like a week later I watched Little Women and I could not take it seriously because I was just imagining Emma Watson the entire time in the bling ring because she does the same like kind of bad American accent and I was expecting her character to just be like I want to rob the entire movie. Her American accent is so bad. Um, so this movie... I, n- I never notice... Ama- I never notice... I never notice bad accents. Yeah, me neither. Really, really Cheeks bad. looks like, even in and when out we did... of the accent a lot. I didn't I, even think about it. I think yeah, it I didn't think about it at all. it works better in this film because she's putting on this additional voice because she's playing a person <laughs> yeah. with a very, like, particular voice. Right. But in... Like, in Perks of Being a Wallflower, which was her, like, first role as an American character. Oh, my God. It's so weird. Sorry, Nara. We cut you no, off. No, but that was the first time I watched Even it. Even when we did the Hackers episode, like, I did, and you guys were talking about the, the one dude having a really bad... Johnny Lee uh, Miller? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't notice that one. I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> I noticed it. Maybe I'm just picky. Even though he's picky. in spotting. Maybe I'm just picky. But anyway, and then I rewatched this on Saturday night with my friend Rylan, again from two separate locations, but watching it together. And it was Aww. fun. This is a fun movie nice. to watch with people. Yeah, it is. It's a fun movie. But I enjoy this movie um, quite a bit. Yeah. I think I also didn't notice the accent because for a lot of the movie, I thought it was Emma Roberts. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No. Really? I Emma get... Roberts would have been too good at that role. I yeah, I'd, I think she would have been too obvious feelings. of a choice. Yeah. I can I can tell apart a million white guys named Chris, but for the first half I actually <laughs> oh, thought God. it was Emma Roberts. I, th- I thought it was Emma Stone. I want to come back to this Emma Roberts <laughs> versus Emma Watson debate because I have some pretty interesting theories um that I just That's really strange because I feel like Emma Watson like I'm not even like a Harry Potter person, but I feel like she's just so, like you like know that it, she is her because of those movies. <laughs> I agree. My dad. I don't know. I don't think she's down. a super distinct looking person. I thought she was no, Emma Moore, my friend. 
like Ron Weasley, I'd recognize that but, guy from a But also, I feel like Emma. But I feel like Emma Roberts. You would know that it's Emma or Roberts. Voldemort. No, like Emma, that like, guy has no nose. I can Ray understand Fiennes? not Ray knowing Fiennes Emma Roberts' name, but like I, fe- but my how dad does he smell? came and sat down while I was watching the movie, and he was just like, "Is that Hermione?" And then I said, "Yes," and he was like, "Oh," and then later on, she showed up again. He's like, "That's not Hermione," and I was like, "Yes, it is," and he was like, "Oh," and then but he why is she doing? Why isn't she doing wizardry if that's Hermione? Like it, that's definitely not Hermione. That's what your dad. She's said. a witch. She's not much of a student either. Witchery. Anyways, right. um, I first when Harry <laughs> Potter jokes exhausted. When did I first you guys saw this first... movie in theaters. Sorry, I don't know if someone was just talking. My internet was kind of a little wonky there. Did I cut someone off? I was just asking when did you guys first see it so I could get the episode back on track. And you, but <laughs> oh, this you were episode answering is that on question. track. I am sweating up a storm right now. In my blanket fort. Um, okay, uh, I saw this movie when it came out in theaters. Um, to be honest, I wasn't a big fan of it when I first saw it, but that's just if I'm going to be completely Two honest stars. here. Yeah, I want to be honest. Two stars on Letterbox. You gave it. Yeah, I think at the time I was really resistant to anything that was kind of about like the dangers of social media or the dangers of being online because I just felt like I saw a lot of that stuff. And uh, it always really bugged me because it was like a lot of the time it was like, ah, oh, these young kids got to get off the Internet and just start living. And I don't really think that's what this movie is, or at least if there's an element of that, that's totally oversimplifying the movie. But that was my takeaway when I first saw it. And so I was not really uh, too into it at the time. But watching it this morning, uh, I like it more now. Good flick. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I only I only saw it for the first time yesterday and I think that's partially because um there wasn't a great reaction to it when it came out and I think yeah. its reputation has grown in the time yeah, since definitely. people have kind of come around on it. That's... But I remember like people saying like Spring Breakers was like the good one and this one was like not as what? good because it like got compared both, a lot. Both of those movies were movies I saw in theaters when they came out and I loved and that both of them yeah I feel like we're like really written off as being like these like silly movies or something or they were just like about overconsumption. but like I don't know I just felt like neither movie was like is anyone else getting that that Adam left no that you're a no, robot, no, you're robot again. <laughs> don't blame you sound it on like me. a robot and okay, I was just leaving to open that? up the window because it was so but hot I, in here I'm not a oh robot on the recording so you know I guess, yeah, we can put up with it. It's just really loud and really scary. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's not your fault. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I just felt like these were movies that I loved so much, like, from the time they came out, and they were just written off so much as being, I don't know. They just, I always felt like every time I talked about them, I had to be like, oh, lol, those movies. But, like, I genuinely loved them. Anyways, what we can go on. What was, uh, no. what was the no, that's pretty much it. What I was the negative reaction when it first came out? Like what were what did people not like about it? Did they think it was condoning the behavior or did they think I think I think people thought it was like scolding the kids in a like old person way. Really? Well, I could right. I could also see like cuz the film is like 
I feel like on, like, the film can appear very surface level. Like, there's not much deeper besides just, like, Sophia, like, dramatizing this um, event. So that could be part of, like, a negative reaction is just people being like, oh, it's, like, there's no moral reprimanding here or anything besides making the kids, like, look kind of dumb and self-serving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, I was just going to say that it, it it like I think people there's a simple reading of the movie where it's just like the movie's just going, look how bad these kids are and how spoiled they are and stuff. And that's obviously an element of it, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Like it does play super rich kids at the end, which uh you know, you could read as heavy-handed or whatever, but I think it works in this movie. Yeah, I think it's like also like like, yeah, I don't know. I just always feel like it's, like, I don't know how to explain how I felt like it's, like, written off as, like, not being good. Or it's kind of, like, even, it's a weird film. It's weird within her repertoire, I feel like. Or not repertoire, whatever, her, like, portfolio of work. I feel like this one stands out in a very strange way. Just her, like, directorial choices. Um that it's like I don't know there's like some strangeness to the movie I don't know where I'm going with this I just really like it do you want to get do do, do you want to get a Seb summary corner going on in this in this place (laughs) (laughs) no one get excited at once oh am I frozen I thought everyone else was frozen no, no, no you were the frozen one. Oh, okay. What did you say? Should I do a summary corner? Yeah. Oh God, I'm uh, so hot right now. I gotta. I think I'm just gonna move get spaces. Get out of the I'm blanket. So warm. <laughs> so. But I want to get Adam. the cleanest audio for everyone. I want to get the cleanest audio for our audience. It's not a clean audio if you interrupt every segment by talking about how hot. You are. <laughs> it's also not a clean audio if like your audio is super clear and we still have like mediocre audios. Like, what does it matter? I'm well, everyone get under the blanket. I'm trying to get under the blanket. I don't have I just want our audience to get some crisp audio. Everyone get some crisp audio. Can I do this every corner? Everyone get out the blanket. Should I hijack? Wait, no, I want to do it crisp. just in a blanket. I'm, Actually, yeah, get yes, under the no, blanket I with me, Seb. I'm going to hijack. I bequeath you the summary corner. I'm going to hijack this summary corner oh, from not Seb. Not that it's mine to bequeath. Go for okay. it. Okay. Is that okay with everyone that I hijack this? Yes. I'm just very hyped because Please. I just read the Nancy Joe Sales article, which this film is based off of. So basically, Nancy Joe. Nancy Joe. Sorry. Basically, uh, Bling Ring was a real life event that happened in like 2008, 2009 kind of times. 10. No, the article came out in two. So the. Like, the article about it and the expose and all of the, like, court proceedings happened in 2010, but the actual, like, events happened throughout 2009, I think. Or, like, oh. like latter half of 2009. So, basically, there's a bunch of rich teenagers from the hills who uh, met at this alternative school for sort of a kids with a no direction, bad, bad children, bad high school children. Um... And they went and they robbed a bunch of celebrities' houses. Um, and the sort of main 
characters in this. Um, in the movie, they are... I don't even remember their names. It's like Rebecca. Rebecca. And then the dude who's in real life... Mark. Mark. In real life is Nick. Um, Nikki, who is Alexis Nyers, IRL. Played by Emma Watson. Um, her friend who IRL is named Tess, but I don't remember her name in the movie. Sam. Sam. And then... Tessa Farmiga. Yeah, Tessa Farmiga. Yeah. She did... A, I thought she did a good job. I liked her. The yeah. I, she, I think she's great. I mean, she was the... Like, mother-like daughter. Is her mom Vera Farmiga? Yes. Oh, she's and then amazing. there was also... On the periphery of it was this other girl that they went to school with. Chloe. Chloe. And then two <laughs> dudes that they knew from nightclubs who... Oh, and then there's also oh, an, a, another girl who they met through school named Diana IRL, but I don't think she was in the film. Um, but they go and they rob a bunch of rich people. Um, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan being two key ones. Also Rachel Bilson. Adriana Partridge. Adriana Partridge. Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Megan Fox's boyfriend, where she lived part of the time, as it says in the article. Shia. No. Shia? No, it was another dude. For real? Oh, that was in the film. That was Brian in the movie Transformers. Yeah, yeah, green. Sorry. Um, so they rob all of them and Also yeah. fun fact. Well, the well movie, they're not there. Movie was shot in Paris Hilton's real house. Yeah. <laughs> and people always liken that to Marie Antoinette being filmed in the real castle of Versailles. <laughs> they filmed in like then they also filmed in Paris Hilton's real yes. house, which is and based- the American Versailles. Yeah. And the way that these kids pulled off all these heists is by Googling where celebrities lived and going on gossip websites like TMZ to find out when they would be away. And they targeted <laughs> celebrities that they knew would be like kind of dumb enough to leave their house unlocked or their keys like around. Yeah. They purposefully chose people. They yeah, that's what they would do literally at, like in real life is they would go around the house trying windows and doors until they found an open one. And that's how I kind of loved how just simple like the, uh, I guess, burglary is. Like there's no actual master, masterful art no. to their burglaring. It's just like you open up a door and then go in and eventually they're obviously going to get caught. But I think that's kind of the point. Like it doesn't really matter... They don't really know uh, what consequence is. They've never faced consequence, so they don't really understand, like, yeah, at some point, this is going to actually catch up to you. And it's not also, even a thought. like, the, their chosen targets are people whose lives are so on the go and who live lives of such excess that, like, they're not going to notice right away that they're victim to this, which is why, like, they were able to rob Paris Hilton in real life so many times because... They she didn't notice anything was missing until something like <laughs> valuable from those I think it was like a family heirloom or no, something. No, the reason she noticed stuff went missing was because they brought the guy with them, like Chloe in the film, like her boyfriend. They brought him to yeah. the house, and usually what they do is they take just a few things so nobody would notice, like so she would know. Yeah, but right. then he took like all of her jewelry. Right, right, right. Aww. But. But, but in, like, this is, like, real. Like, in real life, she, like, they were able to rob her, like, so many times, and that's why it's really interesting. Like, they didn't wear masks or gloves. I don't know if they did in real life, but in the movie, they didn't. And, like, 
yeah, anyways, just, it's very interesting that their, like, choice of, uh, a victim, I guess. Yeah. It's like a Robin Hood kind of thing. You steal from the rich and give to the rich themselves. <laughs> give to the very upper middle class. <laughs> you don't class. even give it. You just keep it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> steal from the rich and keep for yourself. Um. Also, <laughs> Funke wanted us to mention that their favorite scene was when Chloe. Oh, I guess maybe I'm bringing it up too early. If we're don't. If we're doing. Spoilers. Oh, when they're all getting arrested. Well, when good. Chloe's eating breakfast and the dogs are barking as the sirens get louder. That's such a good... Yeah, it was great. That's, like, maybe the best, like, the actually just the best scene in the entire film and, like, wraps up exactly what this film is about so well. I also just liked their, like, how she took the kind of part of the movie as an opportunity to show the setups of all their different, like, home lives mm-hmm. as characters. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see, obviously, we know, like, um, Nikki and Sam and their moms like set up but like seeing like Mark's home in like contrast to like someone like Chloe's home which is like so like she's obviously so well off already that it's like I don't know like seeing kids who have it so good then just do something like this it's very interesting Anyways. I like that moment because I think it's like almost Mark's almost like the main character and then yeah. you don't even see his parents for, like, most of the movie. Yeah. Which I think is cool. They're so uninterested in his life, and he is, cares so little about them. That you only see his mom at the very end when he gets arrested. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even just then you see, like, Nikki's mom is, like, so over-involved in her life in, like, a weird way. Mm-hmm. Where, like, she's... Leslie Mann also Leslie is Mann's just a perfect so casting choice. If you've seen, like, clips from the reality show um, Alexis Nyers had at the time that this all went down, perfect casting. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's perfect as the mom. If we're talking favorite moments, can I say my favorite moment real quick? Yeah. Uh, I really love that scene where it's, it's the two main characters and uh, they're going into some house. I've, I think it's the person from The Hills. They're going to that person's house. Oh, Adrena Partridge's house? Yeah, and it's just shot in this really long shot that's kind of like over over top. And and you're just seeing them go from room to room. And it almost looks like it's like a dollhouse that they're trying to like just live within for a moment. And I felt like it was a good visual metaphor of the whole thing because the dollhouse is almost like this perfect like uh, life, this perfect lifestyle that they're trying to like assert themselves into and just live in for like, a moment um also, i thought that was really cool it's like it's cool because like y- you think about like these celebrities who like for example someone like Adriana partridge who's like a reality television star and like the way they showcase their like personal and like private lives for broadcasts and seeing like i don't know if that was her real home i know she's shot in a lot of people's real homes but like seeing this home that like you can literally see the movements going on in it mm-hmm. from like mm-hmm. the outside from a distance, it's really interesting. Like she lives in this glass house. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that my friend sent me like a retail listing online, and was like, "Is this that house, like the Adrena Partridge ha- Patridge house from Bling Ring?" And I think it is. So that house is for sale if anybody wants to buy it. 
<laughs> All right, let's go in on it. Is it whack? Come on, let's let's buy it. You know how there's like those houses that TikTok stars live in or whatever. Yeah, all together. This would be that insomniac house. But I, I think that uh, yeah, it being the Hills star is also fascinating there because I mean these are all celebrities that I suppose like you're saying Hannah have allowed uh, others into their like private life and have made their private life their public life. But that's like the fascinating thing or one of the fascinating things about uh, these burglaries, there's these intrusions in general, because it's like they are like asserting themselves. They almost feel like they have the authority to like assert themselves into the homes of people that have like made their private life public. So now they're like, I'm going to go completely into their private life by literally breaking into their house and stealing things. In the and it's true. We sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say in the like Nancy Joe article, like Nick, who is like um, Mark in the film, he even said like at the end he was like remorseful and he's like it, like he this is just like summarizing what he said, but he said that it was like thinking back, it was like kind of messed up how they went to these pe- people's like most sacred spaces and just like went through them and how it's mm-hmm. like yeah. um. Yeah, I don't know if he was, like, making a comment about it, about, like, questioning, like, why did we feel, like, the authority to do that? Um, but it was, like, that's just interesting that at the, like, in, even though celebrities are people who welcome, it seems, or, or like, have to welcome, like, the public into their private life, like, taking it a step further is, like, interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, like, this ties into, like, kind of modern or, like, I guess I know it takes place like, you know, like over a decade earlier than now, but like, you know, this was like early social media and kind of how social media has contributed to celebrity culture in which we really do feel a sense of entitlement over Mm -hmm. the lives um, and just like over celebrities, like almost the idea that you could go into someone's house and like take their things because we feel a sense of ownership over them and over the choices that they make. Like, you know, celebrities are always having to defend, like, personal choices to fans and to, like, the public in ways that, like, we would never expect a regular person to have to do. I just realized that I carved it on my mic. I hate that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, like, a really interesting, like, highlighting of that. And then once everything does start to get broadcasted on the internet, like the idea that someone's personal address someone's whereabouts is like ours to know and like something that we feel we have the right to know it's really it's like scary but it's Uh, i probably shouldn't have done this but i read a review by a guy i like and he said that um it's a movie about like exhibitionism because they already have everything yeah and the crimes, like, the only thing that the crimes do is make them famous. Mm-hmm. Well. And at the end, it's kind of like, she gets what she wants, Emma Watson. She's, like, well-known. And he also said that it was, like, it's a movie about a culture where the price of fame is that you have no privacy. And that, like, um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess you guys yeah. said most of that already. No, no, I... I, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's the thing that makes the crime so interesting for me is like their primary goal doesn't really seem to be to steal. I mean, they want to steal. They want to get this money because it allow them to live even more of a lavish lifestyle. But they don't really go into these houses with the idea of like, oh, we're going to get things that we need. 
it's to me, and I touched on this earlier, but it's to me that idea of like, I want to be able to actually assert myself in this life as long as I can. I want to be in Paris Hilton's uh, club room and be able to just hang out there as long as I can and feel like I'm living that lifestyle, even though they already have a lot, but that's like, that's the, that's the idea. It's not like, oh, we actually need these things. It's, I desperately want to live the life that I see celebrities and um, public figures uh, promoting. Yeah, and like these things allow me, or at least I believe that these things allow me to live that way. Well, also, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Also, the thing is, is like, I guess in the film, the two main, like, they're not really the main characters, but like the main characters would be Mark and Nikki, or at least the people who have the most complete story arcs. But, like, in the reality of the situation, the two, like, main perpetrators of, or, like, the main, like, coordinators of the bling ring were, like, Rebecca's character and Mark. Um, I think that Rebecca's character feels like a more prominent character than, like, I f- Nikki. I feel I like she, Nikki feels very much like a supporting I character. I feel like she is a more prominent character. It's just interesting because, like, Alexis Nyers was so much more vocal within the story because she does just want to be famous. Yeah. Um, well... Also because, like, so much of the actual dialogue from the film was taken from um, Alexis Nyer's reality show and, like, different interviews and, like, things that the real people actually said. I just think Alexis Nyer's provided more material to work with, with, which is why she probably has a bigger focus. Yeah, because, like, the, like, Rebecca is, like, the girl that she's based off of, like, actually, like, did not comment really in public about it at all and was also asked to like Mm. advise on the film and refused to and like turned it down um but i think that's like it's like like her character specifically is i think the the one who's doing it like like her and nick or mark are like the two that aren't doing it for just a thrill as much or like it's not motivated by the thrill as much it's more like, for her, it really, like, she really does want to observe this lifestyle and try and mimic it, I think, instead of just being like, oh, it's fun to have things. She's, like, she is, like, strategic about what she wants and what she's going to get, whereas, like, I think, like, Nikki and Chloe and them are just, like, this is fun, this is, like, interesting that we can do this, look how dumb these celebrities are compared to us. And, like, those like, are the kids that seem the most privileged, too, and have, like, the least sense of consequence. Right. Where I would say, I feel like a very telling moment for, because we don't really see that much into, like, the psyche of um, Rebecca. She's, like, seems like a closed book, but the moment when she um, is in Lindsay Lohan's house and she puts her lipstick on and she just, like, looks at herself in the mirror, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, like, one of the moments where we kind of like look inside of her and we see like uh like we just we see what this really is about which is she wants to basically be these people like it's not even about fame really it's about like just I don't know like existing inside of them and the only thing she like she does this strategic move to leave everything in California when she moves to Vegas but she can't help but take like a few items of Lindsay Lowen's and then a really personal photo of like Paris Hilton. I feel like mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Sorry, Sub, I cut you off where we were saying something. Oh, no, 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 that's okay. Um, I think, yeah, I think her and Mark are the most interesting motivations. I love that Mark's motivation 
as introduced in the movie is that he doesn't think he's handsome yeah but it's all part of that thing of like trying to reach out and be like the next highest thing like they have everything they have like everything that like a regular person would aspire to so what's the next thing oh it's like a celebrity which is like yeah and he even says like i oh i know i'm not ugly but i'm not like an a-list guy it's like Mm -hmm. that's his comparison he's like oh i'm not a movie star so i'm like ugly right and it's that like uh sorry sorry seb you go on no go ahead are you sure seb because i feel like i cut you off and i feel bad about that yeah but i was just rambling (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you guys let me ramble all the time and then i end up going in circles you know what's actually your blanket I you know, know I feel actually... so much better right now. Oh my god, I was sweating so much. I felt like I was honestly gonna pass out in that blanket. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking about. I'm actually trying to keep this in mind. But when I was like listening to the transcript last episode, or I was making the transcript by listening to everything I said, I had to write so much stuff down, and I was like, not a minute goes by where I don't chime in with some stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't need to, I don't need to talk this much. But we're all talking emoji movie. But we're all self-conscious about the way that we all present rather. Yeah. But I don't think that of anyone else. Like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm talking too much or I'm rambling or I'm whatever. But I never think that about any of you. Maybe that's kind yeah. of, I mean, ties into the point that, I was just about yeah. to say, actually. Yeah, yeah. and that way the we're movie. the inverse of those characters. Ties into the kid in yeah, the, honestly. the movie. Seb, you may not be an A-list guy, but we still like you. Oh my god! Also, does anyone recognize that kid? Has anyone seen to all yeah, the boys I love before? Yeah, it's him like ten years earlier or something. Yeah, he's the sister's I didn't boyfriend, recognize him. and oh. he's so much. It's so weird when I see him in things. Happy death reminded me so much of Billy Crudup in Almost Famous. Why? <laughs> I don't know. They seem like Crudup the same or vibe. Not... No. Or not... Do you mean the main? <laughs> yeah, kid? they got the same vibe. Yeah. Billy Crudup no, is the Billy, rock Billy star. Oh, Billy Crudup's the rock star. Oh, who's the main kid? Who's the main kid? Patrick Fugit. Oh, okay. That's the guy I meant. That makes oh more sense. God. But they're yeah. pretty similar, right? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, but it's that... Uh, uh, I think that everyone, okay, I'm trying to backtrack onto the point I was going to make. I think that everyone is really self-conscious about the way that they present to the world. <laughs> But no one ever thinks that of anyone this guy else. Looks like Billy Crudup. This guy looks like Billy Crudup. Oh wait, no, he looks like Patrick Patrick Crudup. Uh, he looks like Patrick Fugit. Uh, okay, now I'm not as warm anymore. Uh, <laughs> but I'm still loopy uh, from the warmth. Okay, I'm off that. T- okay, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to talk. Everyone, thanks for your patience. <laughs> Good luck transcribing this one. Yeah, I think as punishment, we should make whoever talks the most transcribe the whole episode. <laughs> All I was going to say was it's that disease of more, quote unquote, kind of thing. How it's like, yeah, they, it doesn't really matter how much they would have gotten or how well they view themselves. It's still like there's another layer to go up. So even like what you're saying, Seb, uh, Billy Crudup, he thinks that he looks, <laughs> he thinks he looks okay, but that's still not enough. And if he felt like he looked that next level up, he's still going to think that's not enough. And he could dress like a celebrity, he could whatever, he, and then he could become a celebrity. He's still going to think it's not enough. Like, and I think that goes for all of the, all the characters. That was really worth all my rambling. (laughs) I think that particular character's motivation lies like less in like materialism, but more in like validation and acceptance. Yeah. Right. Like, 
um, reading the article, I'm pretty sure that that in real life, like he was the one that felt the most remorse about what they did, and he was kind of it seems like that. The, well, he was too. the first one yeah, to admit everything, and that's how the investigation yeah. got started because there was just like security right. footage circulating, and people were sort of started saying like, "Oh, I heard these people talking about this and this at a party," but they they were still like slowly investigating until he w- yeah. felt guilty and just came forward with everything like there wasn't i think yeah. before there was even a police raid on his house like in real life he came forward and returned everything of his own volition and he like um like i think he was genuinely motivated by like wanting to be a part of like something in this group yeah. and like this is a group of other people who are motivated by materialism so like he indulges in materialism for their except to like so he'll be worth something to them like i'm sure he has his own materialistic like uh motivations as well but like mostly it just really felt like if they were really into like soccer he would have gotten really into soccer this is what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely sure. same way you didn't have friends and stuff like I, and- yeah i uh said this on letterboxd <laughs> already but i do feel like this i thought about the movie nightcrawler a lot in relation to this like not just because they're like la movies about like home invasions and stuff but the dynamic between the main characters where i legitimately thought that uh rebecca was a psychopath and i don't mean that as like just an insulting thing but just like someone who like lacks empathy yeah and even like her trying to befriend this guy seemed like just manipulation to get because she knew like he would do whatever she wanted and uh and he reminded me of like Riz Ahmed's character where it's like he has like literally nothing in his life so it's like he'll follow her to do like anything yeah and he's willing to latch on to whatever comes his way like I I think that's Mm -hmm. very true of a lot of people in high school where it's just kind of like I want to be a part of something like you're saying Hannah and Mm -hmm. I don't really know what I am passionate about so if I can attach myself to a group of people that seem to be passionate about something at least they're doing something it's like yeah i can allow that to be my personality because i'm still trying to find out who i even am yeah and like and then like the thing is is that even with them like trying to mimic this lifestyle then there becomes like deeper trappings which is like like drug use and like kind of like this like other unsustainable part of it like beyond just the financial and materialistic part which is just like you're trying to keep up with this lifestyle of like going out to these places every night and like you know they they start using a lot more like cocaine and like smoking more and like whatever and like it's interesting how it's like you could be sucked in by one thing but other things might keep you somewhere that you're not yeah does that make sense yeah yeah um, and, like, they don't really touch on it too much in the film, except there's one scene where they, like, they show her smoking opioids, but, like, Alexis Nyers, um, the character Emma Watson's character, or the person Emma Watson's character is based off of, like, she was addicted to opioids and heroin yeah. um, at the time that this, like, she got arrested for all of this. And, like, again, like, the movie doesn't even say it. They just show it in one scene. But, like... Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but just that, like, you know, I think that's often what we see is, like, with, like, an increase in, like, material goods, there are, like, these other, like, demons that come with it. Although I don't know if they're connected. 
um i know she's sober now so that's good well also her. like in the way that they got to i'm pretty sure alexis Nars had like serious like addiction issues before all this happened because that's how they all got to know each other was from being on like the party circuit in yeah um la um and it like yeah i think that's how they got to like know each other's like through party culture um which they also talk about a little bit in the film when they are like at the club and then 212 starts playing (laughs) yeah such it's a perfect a, song. Uh, I was just... Wait, do uh, I, but I ooh, uh, Sorry, can I just get a touch of context real quick? So Emma Watson's mm. character, IRL, had a reality show as well yeah. after the events of this? No, as it was no. happening. Well, okay, so... Whoa, whoa. So okay. what had happened, there's a show called Pretty Wild. There's only one season of it on E! <laughs> and it was supposed to be about her, her sister and um the other girl that they live with Um, the three of them like yeah um basically being aspiring actress models slash party girls in LA and their mom's an ex-playboy bunny who homeschooled them based on the secret so all that stuff is real you can watch (laughs) the episode and the Angelina Jolie board that's real um wow and when they were filming it one night (laughs) cops came and she was arrested for her part wow in this and so the show becomes about them trying to boost their careers still but also her having to go to court and deal with the repercussions of being a part of this meanwhile while the show was being filmed and showed her living at that house she wasn't even living at home full-time and she was addicted to opioids and heroin and it was like so a lot of her reactions seem very extreme, but when you know that context, it kind of like also fits. It's very, it's like a That's mess of all these different things. Wow! But there's that only one season. Horrific. Yeah, that sounds like a really sad, sad show. <laughs> um, and she really was in the same cell block as Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, like that's real too. That's a real interview that that was taken from. <laughs> um, like, and yeah kind of just wild i don't know can i just say that abuela just came in and i was reminded that i watched this yesterday with my abuela and there was the part where the girl singing live fast die young bad girls and then she gets yeah, <laughs> yeah she gets hit by the car and abuela said live fast die young cavasaso which means you live fast, you die young, you get hit in the head. <laughs> Damn. She's trying to teach you. She's trying to teach you the, the ways, Seb. Yeah. Well is trying funny. to educate you. <laughs> well, Don't live fast and die young, Seb. Do, do you know if you if you add, like, asaso to any word in Spanish, it means to get in the hit, get hit in the head. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a really? suffix. <laughs> yeah. So one time my dad offered a relative a paraguaso and he was trying to offer them an umbrella, but he offered to give them <laughs> a head with an umbrella. <laughs> and then That's... he was like, what kind of language has one word that means to hit on the head with an umbrella? <laughs> An efficient language. They're efficient. Why do you need to say a bunch of words and you can just say one? It's such a great suffix. You can add it to any word. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did, uh, does Abuela want to come on and share some thoughts? 
Oh, she was just in the she was in the room telling me to open my windows. Okay. Did she like it? I was going to get her thoughts, but Yeah, I think she did, which surprised me cuz she usually doesn't like that kind of thing. But I think she was more the movie made it clear that you're supposed to hate these kids. <laughs> and I, I don't know if, if you're you are supposed to hate them, but it like allows you to. Well, I think But like yeah. I think the thing with like with how the audience is supposed to feel about this these characters is that's how it's similar to like spring breakers where you're not really supposed to feel Mm. any like the the movie isn't necessarily influencing you to feel any way about them it's just like being like this is them this is what they did sort of make your own judgments or like at least it's presented under that guise although i do think the movie does influence you to be more sympathetic to like mark Mm -hmm. than any other character Yes, definitely. But I yeah. feel like in real life, it's also because he was maybe a more empathetic character. Yeah. Like, we are, like, obviously there's, like, editorializing and, like, you know, I'm sure that um, Sofia Coppola took some, like, artistic liberties with how she portrayed things. But I do think she's trying her best to reflect what these people offered up as far as, like, their character in the retellings of it through the article and interviews and just their own stories and so i feel like through that it's easy to see why he would be more empathetic especially when all these other kids definitely appear to be more well off than he is and appear to kind of like their motivations aren't as clear they seem a bit more scary because they don't really have that same thing pushing them it really does feel like they're more like they just feel like more clear examples of the scarier part of the movie which is that people would just steal from other people for their things i don't know does that make sense yeah for sure mark yeah i agree mark is definitely the one that's played the most sympathetic uh and you could say that the movie is just like a non uh judgmental like you know a film that just kind of takes a step back and allows you to observe i think that like it's similar to the the song Super Rich Kids, which plays in the credits and which Sev mentioned is kind of a heavy-handed comparison to make uh, in the movie. Um, But it's the same kind of idea where, you know, it's easy to look at these super rich kids and just roll your eyes and be like, well, fuck whatever they do. They're just these privileged, stupid kids. And what kind of problems do they actually have? And they're obviously the bad guys. And you don't have to like them at all. But I think the movie allows you to understand at least why they... um, why they do what they do and it's not like they're living completely uh painless lives mm-hmm. you know i i think that you can like certainly empathize with that and still recognize the privilege they have and recognize that like uh you know they're kind of shitty in a lot of ways but uh i don't think the movie is like completely judgmental or just complete i think it condemns their actions but i don't think that it's like oh look at these fucking stupid kids they're so stupid and I think that's to the movie's credit. But you could still look at it if you already have a bias um, or coming in with enough baggage. You can already look at it and be like, yeah, well, these kids are the worst. But the movie does, you know, I think do a good job at making it look really fun at some times. That shopping spree, they... I think... Sorry, okay. sorry. I didn't feel I, that. I don't agree at <laughs> really? all. I think that that's okay. actually the movie's biggest detriment for me. I wanted it to feel more fun. I wanted it. I wanted to I understand think, why they I, would okay. do this more. Maybe you're a better person than me, but I totally got it. I totally got well, it. And sure. maybe it's just 
we have different interests, but, like, them going through the closets of, like, these rich women and stealing their design. Like, I totally get that. Like, I've been, like, should... I've actually had to, like, have a conversation with myself about dropping $200 that I don't have on a used Prada bag because I just... I, like, I have this weird materialistic side of me. And, like, if you're not motivated by those things, like... Or maybe you are in, we are in different ways, but, like, as someone who is very, uh, I feel like I do keep up to date with celebrity culture and Mm -hmm. with, like, like, I follow luxury fashion shows and, like, blah, 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 all that stuff. I totally get it. If it was standing right in front of me, Paris Hilton's closet, and she wasn't going to know that I took something, I would take something yeah yeah no i see i see that for sure i i completely get it and i think the the shopping spree they go on with the stolen car and they're playing that song that i love by emma mia and riri oh yeah Um, sunshine Sunshine, such a good song um oh my god like i told it looks like fun then walking down the street to like kanye west and the music she picks totally underlines that because even though we knew the moral message of the movie when i was in high school we still were like those guys <laughs> when they're having their highs it looks fun i want like we listen to those songs which incur kind of some of them do highlight the darker sides of these things but they're also songs that hype you up like those two songs from my beautiful dark twisted fantasy like those are really great choices i just the best album of the 2010s like i th- think it just has to do with like how you relate to things usually when i see crime movies when it's a bunch of dudes like getting their like money and like living their like lifestyles i get it but it doesn't really do that for me but this mm-hmm. is my example of like watching george clooney win a bunch of shit at a casino <laughs> or something well, or whatever i think also like this I think the thing with it is. <laughs> is that, I just love that example. I, I know, but that's not what he does. <laughs> that's so I mean, funny. I, I love that example. Okay, whatever. And, and I just mean and like this is movie. my version of like watching a crime movie where a guy, when you watch them on the up and up and you see their power, or like watching. Oh, Goodfellas I get what you're saying. I just thought it was a funny see example. See how powerful he is when he's on top and like whatever. I like I see that I, in I the see... movie. I, just, I see the I power think... thing, but I thought the movie, and I, I got part of this from the reviews and stuff, but I did feel it like while I was watching it. I thought it intentionally kind of keeps, keeps you at an arm's length from the crimes, which I thought was cool. Like, I thought it was like, hey, this doesn't solve their emptiness. Well, like, when they're like, sure, like, it's I not mean, that exciting. When they go into the houses, it's just like, whatever. Well, they just do it. I think that it is exciting. Like, it's not hard. Or... For yourself. I think that I think it's exciting. I think okay. the thing is, is like this. I want to go into Paris Hilton's closet. Oh my god! Like I think, yeah, that is what makes it exciting. Is the like voyeur of it all is being able to see, like, know that you're in on something you're not supposed to be in on, but also know that you're in on something, yeah. and there's not really any moral repercussions because who are you hurting? Like you're hurting somebody who has millions of dollars mm-hmm. who does not notice what you're taking. Um, yeah, literally, like the Adrena Partridge thing. I think they wouldn't. Or Patrick's thing, they don't think they would have noticed if there wasn't somebody watching the video cameras. Like, if somebody didn't review that footage, I don't think yeah. they would have noticed. Well, also, like, I think Paris Hilton is kind of the best example character, like, uh, celebrity for that because I think her whole brand is this, like, excess lifestyle mm-hmm. where, like, you can, to- like, seeing the kind of rooms upon rooms of just shit that she has, like, 
Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's exciting. Like, I would... I totally get the appeal of wanting to take a photo in, like, this fancy-ass place and be like, ha-ha. Like, you know how there's those people that rent out private jets to, like, take photos in so it looks like you ride private jets? Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. If I was in a private jet, even though I know that there's something really disgusting about taking a private jet, I would definitely take a photo. I might not post it online because I know people will be judgmental, but I would like love to be like, ha ha ha, look at me. And I don't like this part of myself, but like, I I just think I, the overconsumption in the film to me, I do think is, it, it might not be over glorified. It doesn't look romantic, but it does look fun. If that makes sense. I think it's, yeah. Yeah. I think it's also like one no, of those no, please, please. one of those things where like what I got from this f- film like as like a message or a deeper like thematic statement is just that it's like observing like a very safe or like safer way until there is like excessive like drug and alcohol consumption that leads to a car crash um but it's just like a sort of like tamer way of being like a teenager and being kind of dumb and feeling indestructible and just being like i'm gonna do this dumb shit with my friends but instead of like i don't know climbing around in an abandoned building i'm gonna go break into these people's houses and observe that like lifestyle like it's just an adventure right right and there's a fearlessness that you have as a as a teen and also you're trying to assert your place in the world Mm -hmm. especially for all these kids that seem like at the victim of their parents to whatever extent whether that's uh what, you don't think so, Seb? You gave me this... What, what's, the evi- what's the evidence of any of that? Well, I don't know about, like, at the victim of their parents, but I just mean, like, they're, they don't seem like they have especially good relationships or they're kind of ignored or they're kind of like... Uh, like, the, the Emma Watson's mom, she's this weird parent who, like, is trying to push some certain agenda Adderall and always time. just, like, speaks for... Yeah, speaks for <laughs> Emma Watson as well. Uh, like, in that interview, I think what? that was... What? You guys you guys read that scene of the interview as the mom being unreasonable? Well, I think the thing is they're both just unreasonable people and you see like you're you see yeah. how she's turning into her mom. You see how like that her mom being unreasonable and being a ridiculous person has turned her into this ridiculous unreasonable person. Her her mom has this like need to be celebrity as well and is trying to push yeah. this really weird agenda on her kid and has like gave her such a weird impression of what the world is by like and what matters sheltering her and yeah and what matters what like is valued and i think that also, they're i think that yeah emma watson now is just an extension of her mom which is unfortunate but her mom like in, pushed that upon her also in real life those girls were 18 and 19 so they shouldn't have even been being like homeschooled like that yeah but I think it has to do with, like, not just their parents, but, like, they're victims of a culture. They're living in Calabasas, California. Mm-hmm. Like, Seb, when we went to L.A., like, you remember seeing how, like, geographically the city is laid out in a way where the more money you have, the higher, higher up you are yeah. physically. It's really weird. We listened to Life of Pablo while driving through the Hollywood Hills. Remember <laughs> that, Seb? Not the Hollywood Hills, but, like, the hills of L.A. I don't know. It was very fun. But like Listening weird. to that song about how Kanye doesn't want to drive in L.A. anymore while you were driving in L.A. <laughs> um, L.A. is literally the weirdest place I've ever been. It's a freaking weird place. And I know Calabasas is in L.A., but they spend time in L.A., so whatever. And I... Um, so, 
Oh, sorry. No, I just, I just mean like, I think they might not be like victims of what their parents are like, but I think in some way they are, but I think it's just the culture of like living in a place where like that is what is valued. And so when you get what you're told your whole life is what's important, which is like nice things and money there is a high that comes well, they from already that. have nice things and money like but i understand yeah, i but it's i empathize with the characters and i understand like why they're driven to do these things but i still think majority wise they're really bad people they're like i i don't think the sure. movie tries to I don't tell think you they're bad people. people i think they're just either. dumb teenagers <laughs> i think yeah like i'm just saying like as a teenagers. as a teen you're trying you're trying to assert your place in the world because you don't really have like power otherwise and like, I, yeah, I, I think with Mark's character, uh, the fact that you don't really see the parents at all this entire time, and he does seem to have this like low sense of self, low sense of confidence. I don't know if his parents were like, quote unquote, abusive or anything like that. There's no evidence to suggest that. But he definitely seems to be lacking some kind of like relationship with them. Well, um, he had to switch schools because he just wasn't attending school. Like there's clearly stuff going on in his personal life and home life. But again, I think he's not even like motivated by that same excess the others are. Like he's motivated by like, yeah, just acceptance from someone. And he's also like, even though the film never explicitly like says the sexuality, I think that like, well, it sort of does. It like, yeah, it does. Well, they never, but they never say. I don't know. I guess they. He do. says he hooked up with this guy a bunch of times. Oh right. True. I'm sure. I don't, know. I don't know that like plays into it definitely like into his character but also like the thing is, is like i think if any of them are like bad people it is most likely like nikki and maybe chloe who we don't see that much of but i just don't trust chloe because she seems to be the richest of all of them um oh chloe's the worst one for yeah. sure <laughs> but it's like but it's, you see the like she gets a dui and then is immediately out bragging about yeah. it and she's continues, got a garbage it continues <laughs> to live the exact same lifestyle. That happens early in the That's film. What she about seems... the girl with the gun? Tessa? Yeah, but Tessa like- Tessa for me, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think at least you know like those ones come from like, like Nikki, Alexis Nyers was literally like dealing with drug addiction at the yeah. time, which like I'm sure motivated her in strange ways. The other girl comes from like a, like a bad home. Her mother was a drug addict and that's why she was living with them in the first place. I'm not saying that those are excuses, but I'm saying you can you see understand. that there are elements yeah. in their lives that, like, might have added up to put them where they are. Chloe's the only one where you look into her home and she has, like, Everything. a gorgeous house. They have a maid. She's got, like, all this, like, fancy <laughs> shit. And she just seems like an angry asshole the entire movie. I do, I do love that line that you pointed out. Like, once she gets the DUI and, and come... Because that, for me, was the best example of, like not having an understanding of consequence at all. It's like she could have died. All of her friends could have died. Uh, she, and and still like she's, everyone's just like, oh, that sucks that you have to do some kind of community service. It's like she doesn't <laughs> even have to like go to jail or anything. She just has to pick up some trash. And they're so, yeah, it's also, so. She's not even grounded by her freaking parents. Yeah, it's like no consequences happen. And like a happen. few scenes later, they're driving and doing coke at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's also like at yeah. the end of the courtroom scene, which is like such a well choreographed scene. Um, when they're all exiting the courtroom, like everybody else is sort of like looks scared and is like, you hear their sentences and they like look kind of like 
like their body language like, oh, yeah she looks fine. like she's just like yeah. walking. she also has like the she has lo- lowest yeah she's the lowest sentence like nothing's gonna happen to her basically i don't know what happened to her in real life um so like you can like really see her privilege and it's like even though i guess like you could see like morally like maybe rebecca is like a worse person but i think like rebecca may just be like a closed off person but i think at least she is like i like i can just understand where she's coming from more and like her desire to do that like coming from like her parents are like split up living halfway across the country and like irl both of her parents were like first gen or new immigrants to like california so it's like i can see like the disconnect there where it's like she is like being very cold and maybe seems very manipulative but i think she's just being smart and very cautious about what's happening i think that girl's a psychopath for sure (laughs) and i think lots of people have divorced parents and immigrant parents who aren't psychopaths yeah but i I also think it has to do with the movie's portrayal of her which like yes and i don't don't think we should conflate the characters in the movie with the real although what i do think is really crazy line that um that is taken from real life but it's like one her lines in the movie is when she gets arrested and they talk about how they've like talked to many of the victims and she's like really what did Lindsay say (laughs) but also i think that's like what i think it's like showing her like i understand her obsession with like celebrity culture and why she is so driven to do that is because she's living like in the diaspora in a very white community and so Mm -hmm. like obviously she's trying to find a way to belong from like she's not she doesn't come from i don't know how many people in this come from like old money but obviously her parents are like not like they probably came from like some money in korea to like be able to like immigrate here and like have like start up themselves but like it is like different like being like completely othered no matter what and then going to this very like she's class-based area and she also like clearly has like some like because they set up early in the movie her mother runs like a um a school. Her mother runs a chain of tutoring stuff, and she's, like, at, like, the crappy kind of, like, bad kid high school. And, like, I think it's clear that, like, she doesn't have a great relationship with them, that she is, like, a disappointment to them in some way. I'm not saying... None of these are, like, excuses. I'm just trying to, like, look more at, like, why they yeah. may be doing it, rather than just, like, kids are greedy rich kids are assholes well i think it's like that is like what like i think like when you put it into that perspective it is just like teenage rebellion but in like a privileged way um right and not saying that it's i know a lot of you go yeah oh no just i feel like people did a lot of really stupid shit in high school that we knew that like in their rebellious phases and like maybe the difference is is that we did like i don't know we didn't live in a place where any of this kind of thing was possible but like people do bad shit i don't know what i'm saying this movie didn't remind you of anyone from our high school it wait you're saying it didn't (laughs) i'm asking if it didn't i don't know i'm asking huh i'm saying this movie reminded me of a lot of people from our high school i feel like a lot of people acted like this not quite I, to this extreme. Sure, but. I think we'll have to talk off air. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna name names, and I'm not I even know. really thinking of anyone specific. I can't but think, I think of anyone specifically either. But I know. But that, I think culturally, I, yeah. 
you know, our school had this kind of problem. Oh, for sure. We also went to a school full of, like, very privileged, wealthy, suburban white kids. Yeah. And, like, kids that were still trying to rebel. Yeah. I think that's, like, the thing here is, like, is maybe, like, that's part of what this film is about, where it's kind of, like, an anti-coming-of-age film, because they never, like, even, like, the follow-through that we do see after them getting arrested... And, like, going through everything is we see, like, Nikki's perspective where she's just exploiting it to get more fame. So Yeah, and, like, yeah, didn't for a very long time admit to it. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's no third act where we get to see that all of these characters have grown from this uh, horrible experience and are now on the path to becoming better people. Except for maybe yeah. Nick. That's his name, right? In the in IRL. Mark. Mark, next to But it just it, seems right, more like he's like, oh, yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. Like, I, there's not much for, like, character growth or arc or whatever in the film, but I just, I don't think... But that's the, fascinating, was... yeah, that's the fascinating thing, though, because I think, like, the world does celebrate. That's what he talks about. He's like, the world, I'm getting all these Facebook requests now um, because the world likes that I was this criminal. Whatever. That's paraphrasing. I don't know whatever, what he actually says. But, uh, yeah, the idea is, like, they probably don't need to grow from this. They can make the choice to actually um, self-inspect and grow, but the world isn't asking them necessarily to grow from this and to but make universe, a meaningful change. The universe is asking Nikki to grow. This was a learning experience from the universe oh, yeah, karma. for her to oh, grow yeah. into a better person. Like I think this the universe karmic. put this into her life right. for like, some very <laughs> specific reason, and she may lead the country for all we know. Honestly, at the rate that America is going at, she could very well lead the country. Alexis Nyers, twenty twenty. You heard me. Thank God. Uh, I'm not backing that. Um, <laughs> I'll back it. Why not? <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think that that is very fascinating. That like they have to they after the events of this movie, they're going to have to make a real big choice to like reject what the world wants from them, which is keep being this bad person. Um, and uh, yeah. But I, I think the movie like spring breakers is not really about the characters. Like it's, it's a cultural mm-hmm. critique, yeah. mm-hmm. like on the whole, it's like about like, Oh, what are the cultural forces that, you yeah. know, motivated this? And what do you audience member share with these people? Yeah, it's not really about, like, you're not supposed to really like or relate to any of the characters in this. You might. I mean, I guess Mark. But, like, I think Mark plays a similar role to Selena Gomez in Spring Breakers, where it's, like, he is the most moral character and maybe the most grounding in that sense, but at the same time is constantly compromising those morals for their own personal gain anyways. Um, And just when things get too you know too much they leave but or they whatever i guess he doesn't really but he's the one that confesses um but yeah it's really more about their actions than them them as people i guess does that make sense yeah yeah i think they're still fascinating people though for me i mean it can be a cultural critique and still have uh interesting characters oh but i kind of think the movie keeps you a little bit at an arm's length from that. Well, I think because the movie is a dramatization of, like... Like, it's a story that, like, was told through the media. And, like, it's not the 
actual people sitting down and retelling their story. It's like piecing together from all these different. Yeah, but you take a, a Wolf of Wall Street or a Itania or Hustlers or something, and those characters I think are more memorable and movie like. Yep, but those people, those actual people, like a lot of them actually did speak to the filmmakers. Like yeah, but I I still think it was a choice to go like. Sure. We're a little, a little bit not gonna ha- like. Well, yeah. I don't think this movie, and I maybe mean, it's Hustlers just my though, perspective, but I feel like it doesn't make you like part of the gang in the same no. way that those other movies do. I think it makes it's, and I think that's like, a, I like that choice. Yeah, me too. I think Hustlers also their crime is a lot more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the reasoning behind that, I Tanya is the same. It is a piece about like someone who was villainized. Um, by the media mm-hmm. but like trying to give you more of a backstory i haven't seen wolf of wall street i don't really care about seeing it sorry um but this is like i think it's not trying to make us empathize too strongly with the characters because we don't really need to they're not giving us any reason to i think also that makes sense I don't know. I think also it's like it, you don't like one of the reasons you don't need to empathize with the characters because I think, especially like at the time that this film came out, um, like seven years ago, I think celebrity culture and the things that they were doing were like the people that they were involved with were so big that it's like, like, like how Hannah felt is like you don't need to empathize with the characters, but you can empathize with their actions and be intrigued by their actions. Like that's what draws you in is like not mm. who they are but who they are like attacking like that is the draw and i feel well, like yeah i think sh- that's sorry hannah go ahead no no you go well i think that's a great point because um that might be i didn't think of that but that might be the reason i do think the movie like prevents you from fully like uh attaching yourself to them but that might be because it's a movie about attaching yourself to other people mm-hmm. Like, if it leaves their identities a little bit hollow, you understand mm-hmm. why they're trying to fill them with these celebrities. Yeah. And, I mean, they might be hollow people. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like it might even be worse now because social media is, like, looking at people post, like, like uh blackberry pictures on facebook seems so (laughs) freaking cute and like silly now it's so quaint but like now it's like it's like crazy like we're in a quarantine and all the celebrities now are doing instagram lives are doing things that like invite us so into their homes when if anything this is a time when maybe celebrities should just shut the hell up one because <laughs> they keep saying dumb tone deaf things, but also because you know what is their job if they're public figures and they can't be out in public? Like why are they like? I just feel like <laughs> they're expected to give us a heightened. Like they're expected even more to bring us into their lives now than they were even ten years ago, and like, um. I feel like we probably feel an even stronger ownership over them, over the choices they make, over their private lives. So much so that we're literally seeing the inside of their houses, not because they're on the news because someone robbed them, but because they're inviting us in there. I don't know where I'm going with this point. I started it. 
and then I got distracted because my cat is screaming at my door to be let in. Sorry. <laughs> are you gonna let? Are you gonna let your cat in? Yeah. What did your door do? <laughs> let the cat in. Cat. 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 Hey, I just want to give an update. I don't feel as warm anymore. Oh, great. Good. I feel really hungry though. I think I'm about to get hangry, so if I start getting hangry... Oh, no. Um, should uh, we talk about Wackness? Yeah. Where's the cat? Where's, he's over on his little Could you show us spot. just for a second, please? Yeah? My room is so messy. Oh. Um, Hi, Trude. Ah! Hi, good. handsome. I, w- I wanted to say something handsome. based off the last point that Hannah just made about right now and being online and, and just... Uh, you know, that feeling and, and such in general. And this is divorce from celebrity, but I think, like, uh, I definitely feel like I get most of my social validation just in terms of, like, just smiles and, and knowing I'm having a good time with people in real life, you know, just in general. But right now, there's no way to do that. I can't see anyone. So I do feel a little bit more compelled right now searching for that online because i'm like this is the only way if i see like these people have seen my story or these people have liked my post or whatever it's like i can get a little bit of that rush of like oh i had an interaction with someone and like i'm validated and i'm noticed and people know that i exist in the world uh i think that's kind of in general why i i can't speak for everyone but i think subconsciously that's the reason why i usually post anything is to be like oh people have Acknowledge, had to have acknowledged my existence for at least like two seconds if they uh, <laughs> saw my story. Oh, genuinely. And I don't think, that, I'm no. not saying that as a joke yeah, or even yeah, as no, a sad thing. Like, I think that that is literally why I would ever post anything. It's like, I and want. I appreciate your openness with say. Yeah, well. I completely agree. Yeah, I want like confirmation that someone thought about me for like two seconds. At least. I, yeah. I think my social anxiety has been at an all time high during quarantine which is so weird because I'm not being social but like it's genuinely I feel the exact same way Adam it's like I'm not getting the validation that like I need and like I like it's like I get into these like spirals of anxiety over social media in ways that I really try to avoid in real life it's weird sorry I cut you off did I no 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 you didn't I I agree the most Definitely the most I've ever tweeted. Yeah. I know. I tweet stupid shit. I like your tweets. Thank you. Me or Hannah? Both. But I do. Yeah, but like who more? Uh, do I could right never now. do. I could never say. Save it um, for off air. <laughs> but yeah, like I feel that too, Hannah. And I always have like a certain anxiety of posting anything. Because a part of me is like, I want people to, or I want this existence to be acknowledged. I want people to laugh at my joke or I want people to respond to my story and, and, and have enjoyed it. Um, and right now I know that I crave that more so than ever, but it just fuels that anxiety more. Cause I'm like, what if people don't, then I'm going to feel even worse. Or what if like mm-hmm. no one looks at the story uh, or what if whatever. And that, yeah. that, yeah, it, it, it is a kind of spiral. Um, and it's easy to divorce from that in real life usually, sorry, I'm rambling right now, but it's easy to divorce that from real life normally because I can at least go out and see someone. I can at least have some kind of interaction with someone. Um, 
that makes it live outside of the phone. But in this time right now, all I can do is search for interaction virtually. Um, yeah. Yeah. And virtually is like, usually it's the worst way for me to try and find validation. I usually try to avoid it. I try to not post on Instagram too much. I try to like all this stuff. And now I'm like, putting myself out there online way more than I usually want to for that exact reason because yeah I don't know that's like one of the weird things about this quarantine is that it really it usually in you know when if you go kind of into a spiral about how many like likes or whatever you get on a post or how many people have viewed something you can kind of rationalize things to yourself by saying like this doesn't matter like yeah. go outside go see your friends go mm -hmm. meet people in real life and that's where this actually matters but at the, this time you can't even do that yeah if the, i mean i guess you can yeah. say like if things were different but it really it's not helpful it's almost like yeah like what you can usually rationalize for yourself like the world is saying haha jk bitch yeah <laughs> these things are it's it's as really as bad as you think no, i feel I like know. i've been i feel like i've been writing a lot but even that has been motivated by like oh when this is over everyone's gonna see that i use this time productively and if people yeah. read mm -hmm. my work then they're gonna see oh all the stuff i was thinking about yeah and i'll be validated in that way so yeah i've been really trying not to get wrapped up in like the idea of productivity right now which i know we're completely just steering away from the movie but like i feel like this is relevant talks i don't know yeah. um like i think i think a good thing for everybody to kind of tell themselves is like productivity like really like this isn't i don't know just that this is not the time to make productivity your main goal because it's actually more difficult under these circumstances well, for a lot of people also, some people are like killing it but um you know something my like therapist has told me basically is that what the most common thing she's seen through her clients and just through like reading the newspaper or whatever she does is that people seem to on a very large scale be struggling with the ability to be productive and to concentrate and to get things done that it's like although we think that this is a gift to like getting things done and to like checking boxes off our to-do list it actually for many people is an obstacle and so we mm -hmm. shouldn't be so harsh and critical with ourselves about what we are are not able to do i don't know why i'm saying all this because it's not really relevant to the movie at all at this <laughs> point but you know if you're listening and you're sad in quarantine <laughs> But I have felt that way where it's, like, when, I, when I'm, like, you know, working a lot and lots of, like, social things are happening, then I'm, like, oh, man, I really wish I'd be, I'm, like, getting more work done and whatever. And now I'm getting a lot of work done, and I feel exactly the same way where it's, like, oh, I wish I could see people. And I just still feel, like, well, like there's yeah. this huge, like, missing part of life. Well, it's also the thing yeah. where it's, like, it's just, obviously, it's just highlighting the issues with consumer and convenience culture but it's like when people are like oh i'm gonna take this time to be productive i'm like but what have you been like you were productive before all this stuff started happening yeah. anyway just not in ways that were valuable to you 
and like maybe and, it's not valuable yeah. to you to be productive right now maybe it's valuable to you to just like sit around and spend time doing the things that you would otherwise think of as waste of time like just waste your time and also like how do we value something as even being productive like what is the measure for that because mm-hmm. If we are relating it back to the film and its themes of consumerism, capitalism, or whatever, I don't know. Hell yeah. You know, like, we think of productivity as being, you know, a contribution to capitalism or just to this idea of, like, you work, you create things to put out there so that you'll gain from them in some ways. But, like, you don't have to have a material gain from everything you do. You can have an emotional, spiritual, like whatever personal gain or growth from your actions that like might not be measured in a way that you can hold or like see right in front of you but that you can kind of sense or feel um i i don't know that's my like goal for this entire thing is to just come out of quarantine not feeling worse than i did going into quarantine so something is productive for me if it has helped with the kind of staying in an okay place if that makes sense yeah sorry no no i yeah i mean i agree like that i mean that's one of the traps of a capitalist structure is that you're they tie your value to your productivity and what you can contribute to the entire uh world what you can like create is what you are good for um but yeah like right now like literally the entire world is on pause and to think that like we have to be moving forward in some kind of way is really messed up and it's kind of messed up in general like i agree with you hannah like our our main priorities in my opinion should always be our own emotional well-being but we live in a world that uh prioritizes other things unfortunately can i i sorry my brain just thought of this also going back to the movie i'm thinking about like what's so bad about these kids stealing from these celebrities because it's like like the celebrities don't deserve the things any more than these kids do like it's just like like wealth is annoying and obviously none of them really deserve it but in the end like nobody was like like if anything the kids were were more hurt by these crimes than than i mean if they were giving it to people that need it like if they were selling it all for money and then giving it to people that needed it like it was a robin hood thing then yeah i'm on board like for sure but also at the same thing it's like they're just giving it for themselves they're keeping it for themselves but (laughs) but they're taking it from people who don't need it anyway so it's just like net zero moral effects (laughs) it's it's just like nothing happened they're also drunk driving and okay that's the bad part and 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 shooting guns off (laughs) i am gonna say i don't think even though the movie might have a bit of a moral kind of like i don't know i don't think that playing super rich kids is that like heavy handed of like a moral statement as Zeb thinks but i would say that the movie kind of allows it to sit in this gray area like you know we talked about spring breakers which we've kind of determined as being like condemning an incredible movie the character's actions in a very strange way that kind of is maybe confusing at times how they're choosing to condemn things i would say spring breakers doesn't really condemn the actions too much only by showing what actually happened which is just the real legal repercussions bling ring you mean oh yeah bling ring sorry like it doesn't go too far in glorifying or condemning it i like that it kind of sits in this gray area because at the end of the day, 
I don't really care that I don't feel bad for the celebrities and I don't think the movie tries to make us feel bad it doesn't show them necessarily as like victims more just like I don't know it's like yes these people got stolen from it's bad to steal from people but like as far as like causes that I care about um Paris Hilton's jewelry is just not at the top of my list. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's good that the movie never you don't hear from any of the celebrities who are like, "Oh, it's yeah. so sad that they stole my stuff and I feel so violated and whatever." Uh yeah. I think that the the thematic idea that we talked about earlier that like we feel the authority to go into the private lives of these public figures, I think that that's fascinating, but yeah, I don't feel bad about any of the material stuff that they've stolen. And I think that a lesser movie would make at least one of those celebrities into a victim, into any kind of character at all. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this is but like I, pointedly like, who cares? I do and think that the, the movie's just critiquing the culture. Like, I think yeah. we've talked so much about like whether they're good or bad, but the movie does not care. Well, because the robbery is more like just an anecdote to represent, yeah, a, a critique of the culture and just like to kind of show this kind of culture in a, in like a, kind of exaggerated way but the movie isn't actually about robbing as and like the moral like it's not about whether it is or is not okay to take from people that's like not what the movie cares about yeah because i don't because that's just not what it's about Uh Mm. um what do you guys think about whackness like we haven't gotten too much into that and i know this might not be the most like outright rap outright whack film but i i've always thought of i think it kind of is i think i think the stylistic choices made are kind of whack i think it's kind of a challenging film like because it doesn't uh conventionally like make a stance uh I'm just going to stop yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, and I, I wish I, it, it went and, a little wilder with the style like it does in the opening. Mm-hmm. Mm. I there, like, there's a lot it, of cool stylistic effect, or, uh, techniques. Effect. Yeah. I love that. I like, oh, this is... Sorry, 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 Hannah. No, 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 no. You go. Okay. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't be. I think Nara mentioned this earlier, but my favorite moment um, was the courtroom. Oh, where they uh, close the door and then they scene, open them up which, again yeah. and then they walk oh they close the door at the yeah they close the door at the start of the courtroom then it's just a jump cut and they open it and it's like the whole court proceeding happened we didn't need to see any of it because we, we also know, couldn't see it we know where we stand and yeah sure i guess also we probably didn't see that in real life but either way like it's like we already have the moral idea of where we stand and what these characters punishments should be um doesn't really matter what would happen in that courtroom. So to just have them come out and then see what their reaction is to the consequence, tying back to that idea of like they've never actually faced real consequence. Uh, I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was that was really good. I, yes. I also think um, <laughs> it's funny when before the court scene, she's trying on her outfits um, and it's like implied that she was like wearing the Louboutins and then she changed out because she's like, where are my kitten heels? But then she puts on another pair of Louboutins that are just slightly shorter. And I'm like, wow, I love I, that. The movie to me feels like a um, collage in a weird sense. It mm. sort of feels because 
Sofia Coppola literally cut and pasted different, like with the dialogue, the script, mm-hmm. it, it's like so much of it was kind of taken from these different sources from real life, but then also like on a visual sense, like her decision to, you know, in the middle of the film, go ahead and play that weird black and white like photo booth video of Mark dancing. Oh, I love that. oh that was hot, great. Which was very interesting. And I think it's really interesting look into his character because it's so weird and like vulnerable and like just strange and then like those weird kind of things where she has the celebrities like and it's just like has all the different pictures of the celebrity with this like weird music Mm. and um you know, showing different, like, clips of, like, Lindsay Lohan walking out of court and Aldrina Partridge on the red carpet, like, and and the opening with kind of showing all the evidence. Like, it really feels almost like she made a vision board where she cut and pasted different aspects to, like, make the story. And I like that because it's a retelling of a real story, but it's not from any one person's voice or perspective. It's not, like, someone's memoir of, like, this is what happened. It's like, this is what we think happened based off of these different sources. It feels like a documentary, but a movie that is a narrative. (laughs) (laughs) But it is the kind of movie that feels like it should be cut out of a magazine. Like it's based on a magazine article and it's made up of all these kind of pop cultural fragments that the characters live inside. It really does. It feels like a collage I would have made. Like it feels like one of those vision boards. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That the, the Angelina Jolie vision board. I love the Angelina Jolie board. <laughs> but, but like really, like you could make a whole list of all the different sources that she got her like part the movie from. It's really interesting to me. It feels very cut and paste, and that's what's kind of whack. It's very different from like all of her other films. Are you guys? Have you seen a lot of Sofia Coppola films? I watched films? half of Lost in Translation seen... and got bored, and I watched half of Marie Antoinette and got bored. <laughs> so I've that's seen, one. I've seen Lost in Translation, and I thought it was racist. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I do like this one. I like Bling Ring. I, I think this is the third one I've seen. Like, I, I love her work, and I a lot of her work is like really inspiring to me but this film I've never included in mm. when I reference Sofia Coppola style like I I kind of always exclude this one not because I don't love it but because it is a very weird departure and mm-hmm. with her follow-up film The Beguiled she goes right back to kind of yeah. her other style I would say The Virgin Suicides The Virgin Suicides it's one oh, of my okay. favorite I do okay I Lost in Translation is completely problematic. I could agree, but I do love can, it. As I a, like it. It's, I just I'm the not, content of the film. You. It's so I, boring. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be. That's <laughs> Sofia Coppola films are supposed to be boring. Maybe I just like don't care about rich people enough. So, I mean, I don't know. What about I this feel one? Like, yeah, but this one's different. Yeah, this is exciting. This. this is rich people doing fun things, not rich people oh being my sad. God. <laughs> Marie Antoinette is actually the only film of hers I haven't seen. Marie Antoinette looks um, really pretty, but I also tried to watch it when I was like 13. Okay, well, I tried to watch The Virgin Suicide when I was 13. I also thought it was weird and boring, and then I revisited it, and it's a great movie. Um, I'd, like to see, the... I'd like to see more Sofia Coppola. I think I would like them. 
I, I mean, I didn't like Lost in Translation, but I, I feel like I'd like the others. I, yeah, don't, if you don't like Lost in Translation, don't watch Somewhere, but. Well, I mean, I um, like the style of Lost in Translation. I wasn't, uh, okay. I, I thought she had a cool visual sense and a good mood sense. Okay, Somewhere Adam, also racist? No, but okay, it's then I'd just probably like, like it. kind of a weird movie. It feels very much like Lost in Translation. There's like some, and I'm confused but watch somewhere, but Nara, you don't watch somewhere because she's <laughs> she making somewhere because she's like, oh, lesson translation is so racist. I gotta make an updated version that's less racist. <laughs> no, I don't think Sofia Coppola is the most. Um, like, if you look at her casting, she's like. Well, she's also just rich, so. And yeah, privileged. she herself was born so. <laughs> privileged. She also, also, like. I think she tries to steer away from, like, issues of race in her films. Uh, I mean. Lost in Translation, no, definitely. But, like, in The Beguiled, like, I don't know. I feel and like no, she's... There's no slaves in The Beguiled. Yeah, which there were in the the book. But I think she just was like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to, like, deal with that. Which, I don't... There's a whole other conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that when we do The Beguiled. <laughs> we won't I did... do The Beguiled. <laughs> I we think. might do The Beguiled one day. I thought of her when um, when Mark said that his dad is in film production. And that he gets to go to screenings uh, yeah. and stuff. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what drew you to this story. <laughs> well, yeah, Bella, she did I... grow up, like, as, like around rich kids doing shit. And I think most of her movies are about rich kids or rich people in some way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of them have to do with the loneliness of mm-hmm. wealth. Of, of which... I hate that so much. Yeah. I hate that sentence. That's one thing that... <laughs> Well, that's one thing that I liked about Bling Ring is the way that the camera kind of, I think, showed that through their homes. Like, their homes, which is true of a lot of rich people's homes, had a lot of, like, tons of empty space. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the camera would accentuate that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, there's, like, nothing populating this life. It's just, like, a thing and then a whole bunch of distance and then another thing. And she even did that with, like, the the actual, like, scenes, like, being acted out. Like, I found that she did a lot of long, like, kind of wider medium takes instead of like cutting close-ups or Mm -hmm. doing like there's not a lot of variety in the kinds of takes that she used um and I think that's almost so that there isn't the illusion that like there's their conversations are interesting or fast-paced they're saying really stupid shit and a lot of it is really uninteresting (laughs) or unintelligent and by letting it just play out between two people you get to see that a lot better than if we were to cut a conversation and it seems like people are bouncing off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I think sure. it looks weird at times. Like, I think sometimes it feels awkward, but I think that there's a, she did that on purpose. The Virgin Suicide, she does that too. Like, I think she is a, just a big fan of like long takes, but like kind of showing conversations as boring and like meaningless as they actually can be. Yeah, for sure. Can yeah, I say one quick Sofia Coppola thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I all the movies of, of hers I've seen, I thought were great, and I think she's she's very smart and stuff. But I just think it's really funny. There was an interview with her where they asked her her favorite films of the decade, and they mm-hmm. asked a whole bunch of people, and one of them, one of hers was Daddy's Home. The Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. Movie. Why the hell, Sofia? She said Wait, she I, likes to watch it with her. You kids. cut out. You say Daddy's Home. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, Daddy's Home was she said was one of the best films of the decade. That, makes <laughs> that was great. We have the same birthday. There's a lot of people that like Daddy's Home. Oh, really? Yeah, she, Kate Blanchett, me, wow. Miranda Cosgrove, George Lucas. It's the whole crew. Only legends. <laughs> Happy birthday, Sophia. <clears throat> Should we read this now? Did everyone freeze or is no one talking? No one's talking. Oh, okay. Oh, you guys talking. all cut out for a second. All I heard was Miranda Cosgrove, George Lucas. Is she, she going to be in a Star they're Wars? They're coming. They're coming on the show. <laughs> oh, right my now, God. Right they're about to, they're about to no. call in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got Georgie. And yes. I, Carly. And Carly. <laughs> He's going to talk about his new show, I, Georgie. Uh, I, Wookie. Any, any, uh, you want to take a walk down Whack Actor Avenue real quick? Any high performances you want to highlight as, uh, either way? I just thought Mark hey, was the I'm worst say... performance. Really? really? I thought he was oh, good. I loved Mark. Good. Oh, I hated loved Mark. Mark. Every time you said a line, I'm like, I can see the paper in front of your face with the line on it. But I think it's supposed to feel, like, wooden. I don't know. I don't think it is. Yeah, I, I think he's just a, he is. I think he's just a bad actor. I know. I like really him. Really, I thought he was good. I think he's good in Happy Death Day. You should watch that. I think he's good in Almost Famous. <laughs> I I first I thought Rebecca was bad. No, but Rebecca's then so good. As the movie went on, yeah, as the movie went on, I was like, oh, this is intentional choices. She's and supposed to seem in, insincere. I'm surprised I haven't seen that girl in anything else because, like, I remember reading a Teen Vogue article about her when this movie was coming out and I was like wow she's Sofia Coppola's new it girl and I really thought I was gonna see her in more things and I'm sad I didn't um yeah um, she's good for sure I think Emma Watson I do not like her as an actress in most cases I think this is my favorite performance of hers whack in a good way I, I think this say. is the only like yeah, it's she really, really goes whack. for it but if you watch Alexis Nyers like videos after this, she's she does a great job. Yeah. And honestly, like I thought that she was the worst in Little Women because she was acting with all these pros, and to perks of being Why was a wallflower, she in she's Little really Women. Weird she's in. so bad. Like she's horrendous in Little Women. Why um, is she in? That? I don't think she Emma was Stone horrendous. Was I don't think she's horrendous. Choice. I wouldn't she's even fine. say she's bad. She's fine. She, she's like a like she makes sense as um. Meg, like I think it works, but I think it's she's like acting alongside Florence Pugh and Sersha and Laura Dern and Meryl Streep and Timothy, and it's like obviously she's falling flat against those guys. She seems less cool than them, but I thought that's part of the character. Yeah, that was. And also, wasn't she stepping in for someone who was replaced? Emma Stone was the first choice, but she ended up turning it down or something. I kind of like that she wasn't as big of a personality as yeah. uh, the others because she just floats into the background a little bit, and that's what's that's what's good about yeah. her. I don't, I don't like in her. Little Women. I didn't like her. I thought I just, she was pretty good I in Little Women. Was, I thought it's such a stellar cast that it like she I think stands out as not being as good as them is what I'll say. But I think she's great sure. in this movie. Well, I think, I think everyone's think amazing a, in that movie. I don't I, I don't think yeah. it's a slight to say that she's the sixth best performance in a movie that has. <laughs> incredible performances across the board yeah and only one oscar for costume design <clears throat> academy what the fuck yeah all well, i'm gonna say i mean the academy's sexist that's oscar for odin kirk 
Oscar I like Florence Pugh. This role, I would. Oh, okay. Oscar for Florence Pugh. But like, I don't know. I hear Laura Dern wasn't that great in Marriage Story. I haven't seen it. What? She's like amazing in Marriage Story. Okay, well then maybe I listen to the wrong people. I haven't I seen know. it yet. I kind of like Honestly, Bob Odenkirk in Little Women. I just want to say it feels like he's doing a Mr. Show sketch, but it's, <laughs> it's that was a really fun surprise. I, I had no idea he was in that movie. Yeah, I was like, what? He's playing yeah. it so sincere, which is just weird because I just I can't wait for the turn, or yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the turn in the performance because I'm so used to seeing him in Mr. Show. I thought he did he's a good playing job such a heightened more. character. Yeah, when no, I thought Saoirse he was great. Is Ronan gonna get her Oscar? <laughs> I don't think she has to worry. Yeah, she's going to get an Oscar <laughs> for I sure. I know, but why <laughs> did Renee gonna... Zellweger get a second Oscar? Saoirse Ronan, this is, uh, she just needs one faster. <laughs> Apparently, How... uh, Zellweger's good in that Judy movie. No one saw it, but... Yeah, yeah but whatever. I, okay. Yeah, well, I, but I just want Saoirse Ronan to get <laughs> I one. agree. She should have 10 Oscars by now. I don't know how many performances she's, she's nominated done. four times. She's <laughs> better she really? than... Four yeah, times? She's... Four nominations since she was 13. Oh, she's so good. Was she's it? She's going to win so, so Brooklyn. Don't worry. She's a legend. She got nominated for Little Women? Atonement. Yep. And Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Oh, okay. Wow. Also, a movie with no Oscars, and I'm literally going to sue someone over it. <laughs> that movie deserves the Oscars. Just quickly on Whack Actor Avenue on Bling Ring. I thought... Tessa Formiga was really she good, was so and I love when she has the gun. I was so scared. Oh yeah, that was really yeah. scary. I love, especially because it and... does go off later. I'm like, yeah. oh shit, she could have killed someone. They, I, yeah, and that the, she the scares guy, me. No, not the guy. The girl who uh, is in the car crash. Chloe? I thought was really good. Yeah, Chloe? she really She's reminded scary. me of people who had met. I thought she was yeah. great. I lo- I remember reading the Toronto Star's review of this when it came out, and they were like, the only person who stands out in the film. Or who like does a good performance is Emma Watson, and so I used to believe whatever the first thing I read about something told me. <laughs> so I was like, "Yep, that's true." And now I'm like, "No, it's a great cast, you dumb dumbs. You I just think... don't understand nuance." Yeah, and I think they might be mistaking it for like how the movie doesn't really develop the characters in a traditional way. But I think the yeah. performances themselves are really good. And like. I feel like the only reason Emma Watson stands out is because it's, like, showy and because you're, like, looking mm-hmm. out for what Hermione's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's knocking on Was it where? Oh, you're going to answer? <laughs> no, I'm not going to answer. Okay. Maybe it's Hannah's cat. No, <laughs> Also, homework for everybody. Go watch some clips from Pretty Wild and you'll see how good I dropped the, Emma Watson I dropped the uh, phone is. call. Link. <sighs> brilliant but also watch some clips of the mom and you'll see why leslie mann was the perfect casting choice where was this in the harry potter series had emma watson finished that it was 2013 it came I out think so. yeah, i think just finished this oh, okay. was her perks of being a wallflower was her first big um non-harry potter role and then this came after that so she was like doing edgier material or whatever I don't know. Uh, well, maybe we should fire up the wackometer. Yeet. I mean, okay. give our scores and then fire up the wackometer. Okay. Uh, I think good flick. And uh, I said this earlier when you started talking about whack elements, 
But I think it's cool that it's one of those films that like you're supposed to, as an audience, already kind of bring certain kind of baggage or your impression upon these characters. And it doesn't exist to like radically change your opinion, but it uh, presents a really interesting, uh, as Seb said, cultural analysis that um, makes for a good flick. So uh, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a four on the whack, like, and I like it. You sound like Cisco and Ebert. <laughs> Which one? Both of them? Yeah, I sound like a blend of Cisco and Ebert. But like when they do a wrap up, they'd go, and that just makes a great flick. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> yeah, watched two thumbs up. <laughs> only two. Where's your third thumb? They only do rate on a scale of two or one. Do you guys remember? Is this or thumbs a, down? Is it, does this resonate with anyone? Do you guys remember YTV would show movies? Three thumbs up. And it would be called Big Harry Thumbs Up. No. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, Big Harry! For some reason, I thought it was three but, thumbs uh, up. I also think it's three. Not big. Maybe three it's big. three. Three Harry Thumbs three, Up. Three oh, Harry three Harry Thumbs Up. Yeah, that yeah, might be right. Might actually. Be. They've used to play The Wizard of Oz like every month. I swear. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm making those. that up, but I've seen that movie so many times on YTV. Well, yeah, I've you seen guess? parts of The Wizard of Oz so many times. I don't know. Wait, you've never seen The whole Wizard of Oz? Oh, it's amazing. I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. It's one of my favorites. Return to Oz is pretty good, too. Really scary. <laughs> That'd be a good is, is that it whack. Oz the Great and Powerful? Is that what you. No, no, no. no. Return to Oz was like a sequel one in the 80s. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, we should just do different Wizard of Oz movies. We could do The Wiz. That's like... I would love that. That'd be so fun. Have you seen The Wiz? No, I've never seen it. I've always wanted to. It's the same director. Isn't it the same director? Yeah, as Death, like Trap. Death, Death Trap. Death Trap. Oh my Lumet. god. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch The Wiz. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd love it. Um, Can I tell you something, Whack? Is that I remember when I was visiting Ireland, my aunts are really involved in community theater and they're like suburb. And Uh-oh. my aunt was telling me how they were going to do a production of The Wiz. And I didn't know it at the time. No. So I was like, oh, oh no. cool. And then I realized that would have been an all-white production of yeah. The Wiz. <laughs> Why don't they just oh, do God. The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> because it's not a musical. There's, There's songs in it. There's lots well, of songs. Okay, but not in the same way. I think The Wiz is like more of like a fun like musical to put on. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. didn't end up doing it, and I'm pretty sure. I hope I, so. I did The because... Wizard of Oz at my school when I was in grade three. I played the Cowardly Lion. Coward. Nice. If I only had some courage. Did you do that when you were... Th- Wait, when you were three? Sorry, in grade three. <laughs> oh, okay. Did I say three? In grade three. What are more wax scores? Because I got a pee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a four. Yeah, I got one got one score. Four? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Abuela, what did you think of the bling ring? <laughs> I Hi, Abuela. Hi, Abuela. Hi. What did you think of the movie yesterday? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? It's not the kind of movie that I usually could watch. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you thought. That's what you thought Abuela was going to say. That it was pretty good, but not the movie that she usually likes. I know her well. Yeah. You, He got her the Virgin Suicides for her birthday one year. Yeah, but I wouldn't do that now. I know her taste better now. She didn't... Uh, Hannah, don't be mad at her. But she didn't like Lady Bird because she felt that she was too privileged. 
<laughs> my grandma hated Ladybird because she thought she was too mean to the mom. No. <laughs> Unpopular with grandmas. Honestly, there's just not enough grandma representation in that movie. So. <laughs> okay, I'm. Um, so should I read it next? Let's do you want to read it? Me? Yeah, me or you? Who, um, who's it gonna be? Oh, I give it. I give it two and a half. I also. I think the movie's great. I just don't think it's that. I one. also give it a two and a half because I agree with what Seb said. It's a good movie. I loved it. Just <laughs> pretty, pretty normal. I found it was like, nah, so weird on a stylistic level. I don't even agree with like. I don't think it's whack for the moralistic reasons that Adam brought up. I just think it's visually like the way the movie is cut and pasted together is is. I like it, but I think it's weird and whack and like. I'm always nervous showing it to people because I feel like people will think it's weird or like not good because of the way it's put together. But I think that they're conscious and like smart choices that are just weird and different. I don't know. All right. Anyways. Agreed. Uh, this this film comes in at three point one two five. Okay. Okay. That... Where does that fall? I don't know because I don't yeah, know no, where that notebook is with my notes uh, in it oh uh, malfunction i'm sorry malfunction. i'm sorry <laughs> i'll have it updated later. We'll, we'll fill everyone in on the next episode where <laughs> this is at on the is it rankings i have no shout outs i'm sorry yeah, i have maybe no shout outs either i got no shout outs what can we learn about being on the internet from this movie real quick before we go if you're gonna rob people don't post it about yeah, it. you don't have to post everything. <laughs> don't okay. post photos of you with stolen goods on the internet. Don't post Rob. <laughs> don't post. Don't post photos d- with people named Rob. You post Rob. Don't post what you just robbed. Don't post. Oh wow, post clever. Rob. I like that. <laughs> um. Don't post what don't, you, you robbed. Get... Post Rob. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how did the movie end? Oh, you can follow the movie's our journey at <laughs> Emma Watson Forever dot net. How did you not it, say is it whack dot net? Is it whack net? I because I didn't think of it until after I'd said the beginning of the sentence. <laughs> you can follow our journey and much more at whack dot net. Thanks for listening to another episode of Is It Whack? Thank you to Emma Kudlack for the art and to Ian Mills for the music. Next week, we continue our isitwhack.net series with the movie You've Got Mail. That episode's going to be starring a special guest. So come on back and listen to it. Okay, logging off. Bye. <laughs>